ahead and stand and let's get ready to worship this the Lord this morning.
this morning. Amen? Amen. All right, you can be seated for just a moment. Good morning, good morning. My name is Michelle Benson, and my husband and I are the pastors here at Dothan First. We want to say welcome to all of you who are joining with us for the very first time. Hey, family, make them feel welcome this morning. So glad that you are here. I want to welcome those who are joining with us on our online campus. So glad that you have joined us this morning. Let us know in the comments where you are watching from. Well, hey guys, we have an amazing Sunday today. Just being in the house of the Lord today just excites me. I don't know about you, but it excites me. And it's so awesome to be with one another as we worship the Lord together. I want to bring greetings from my husband this morning. He is in Savannah, Georgia, preaching at one of the churches that we are overseers at uh, called The Dwelling. He called me this morning and said, I miss everybody, give my love, and he is praying for us. And let's just remember him in prayer today as he is ministering there in Savannah, Georgia. Well, this morning, if you are joining us with the first for the first time, I want to ask you to do us a favor. First of all, we are excited and so happy that you are here with us. There is a connection card right in the seat pack in front of you. And um, if you could fill that out, and then afterwards, we're going to be having a guest reception right through the lobby and to the left. And if you'll bring that connection card to us, I would be happy and some of our leaders to meet you, to greet you, and to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And if you don't want to do the connection card, you can uh, right there on the screen, there's a QR code that you can scan and put your information in or text D1TEXT to 84576. We just want to connect with you and um, just meet you and greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. So today um, you're in for a treat as Pastor Will is going to be bringing the words and we are honoring, honoring our graduates today. Everybody give it up for our graduates today. Yes, we are so proud, so proud of them. Um, next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Everybody say Pentecost Sunday. Yes, and I know that the Lord has already given my husband a word for next Sunday, so do not miss it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful, and we're excited about that. I want to talk to you about Feed Dothan. Okay, so out in the lobby, there are some papers. I, mean, I forgot to bring mine up. with. There is a list of foods that if you can help us out, every week we feed families in the Dothan area. And so we are um, needing to... Um, restock our pantry so there are specific food items that we're asking for ones that have longer shelf lives and there's a paper out there um, on the a table I'm pretty sure it's a table back there if not you'll find it you'll see it the food drive grab that and drop off those food items for us so we can continue to minister to the families of the wiregrass areas all right and then uh, I'm sure you saw out there our youth has a whole boutique Dress, I mean, you can dress and be in style and look cute and, and um, what am I trying to say? Witness the word of God and everything else in our uh, Youth First um, boutique out there. It's not really a boutique because I know Pastor Will would not want me to call it a boutique. 
Anyways, you've seen the clothing items out there. Go take a look at what it helps our youth ministry, not only to send them to camp and uh, the vehicles to get them to camp, but for our budget for our youth. And so they are really cool, cool t-shirts and sweatshirts. All right, so last week we announced our Awaken Women's Conference that's happening. Yes. Uh-uh. I need the women in the house. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Listen. I am so excited about this. I can tell you it is going to be a life-changing weekend, October 6th and 7th. There's going to be more things that we're going to be unveiling to you as time goes on. I want to ask you, church family, to be praying and fasting for this weekend for the women because I'm going to tell you something. It is time for our women to arise. It is time for the prayer, our prayer life to awaken, the, our purpose to awaken, for us to walk in our destiny and change the wiregrass area amen amen so um, today and today only because I told you last week that we we're gonna be doing a Mother's Day special today is the last one and I promise you for this price it's not gonna get any cheaper so I want to encourage you to go out either do the QR code right now or go out in the lobby and register um, for you and a girlfriend and someone else that you may want to sponsor now let me bring this correction because my staff and team told me <laughs> pastor wheels laughing that last week, I think I just got so excited about the, the conference that I said that we are going to be offering specialty drinks. Well, to me, a specialty drink is an iced latte or Americano or a Brave or an espresso. But apparently, specialty drinks mean something else. Well, I can assure you that we will not be serving drinks with little umbrellas and green olives. That is going to be coffee. The coffee trucks will be here. You don't want to miss it. But most importantly, it's going to be a life-changing weekend. Please register and put it on your calendar. Amen. Okay. Well, this is a lot of work up here, Pastor Will. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to ask right now, before we take the offering, I'm going to ask our elders to go to their specific places to pray. Hey, church, listen, I know a lot of us, actually most of us are going through something right now. So don't do it alone, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your business, whether it's a relationship or physical healing that you need us to be in agreement with. Our elders have been praying for you all week long, and they consider it an honor to partner with you, to pray over you, and believe with you for God to move in your circumstance, no matter what it is. And so we have our elders back there in the back, and we have some up there in the, uh, the balcony, and one's over here. And so when I pray over the offering and we go back into worship, you feel led to go um, to these elders and let them be in agreement with you to believe for God to move in your life and so with that being said it is offering time and we get to give to the Lord amen amen let's be happy the Lord loves a cheerful giver right amen do you know that that giving your time your treasure and your talents is just as much of worship as you worshiping the Lord with song amen and so we are, we are privileged and we are honored that we have this opportunity that we can give. We don't pass the offering plate, but what we do is those five ways to give right there on the screen. And um, we just want to thank the Lord that we do get to worship him in, in giving um, what he has given to us. Because all of us in this room, no matter what you're walking through financially, we are blessed. We are blessed. Amen. 
Amen. So let's pray, and then we're going to go back into worship. Lord Jesus, we love you. And Father, we thank you that you are the giver of all, for you have given your son, Jesus, to die on the cross and to raise again on the third day, God. And for that, we are forever grateful. And God, I thank you that we are in obedience to giving you your tithes and offering, God. And I speak blessing over your people this morning, God, in their marriages, in their relationships, on their jobs, and in their body, God, that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys stand up and let's worship the Lord together.
all of the great things you did When did I donate faith for the impossible? How did I start to believe You weren't sufficient for me Why do I talk myself out of seeing
are we to stand in your way, God? Give us bold faith this morning, Lord, to believe that anything is possible with you, Lord. Nothing, nothing is impossible for your hand. We put our trust in you today, Lord. We'll put our confidence right where you are, God. You're the way maker, the promise keeper, the way, the truth, the life, God. Our confidence is found in you, Lord. We worship you today, God. Amen, amen. You may be seated. the presence of the Lord in his house today. Can y'all give God some praise this morning? He's so good, and uh, I'm so glad that we affectionately call the month of May Celebration Month because today is a celebration, and we get to honor some of our young people uh, for this uh, academic milestone that they've achieved. And uh, we say it here often, uh, but our mandate is simple, is to love God and to love people. And we believe that mission makes us family. It's not something we say we do. It's not uh, something that we just like to, uh, it's like a cliche statement. It's really who we are. We love God and we love people. And uh, the best way that we love God is through the love that we have for our people. It is said in the Bible that people will know that you are followers of Christ by the love that you show one another. Uh, so we do that by loving, building, valuing, and honoring families. Come on somebody this morning say family and you know uh you may not realize it today but uh we're not raising children we're raising adults uh whether you want to believe that or not that's what we're doing and it truly takes a community to raise a family so it is Lindsay and i's greatest honor and privilege to partner with you as uh youth pastors here uh so we thank you thank you to parents thank you to grandparents to guardians spiritual parents for allowing us the privilege to work alongside you in this lifelong process of helping shape and sharpen these young minds. Can you give yourselves a round of applause uh, for raising these young people? Uh, to train them how to do life and live a life of godliness, for we know that our legacy is not marked only by what we leave for the next generation, but it is marked by what we leave in the next generation. So uh, I say it every year. I just want to remind some and inform others that our greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something we do, but it may be someone we raise. And uh, you are raising kingdom Builders. So today we get a chance to honor the graduating class of 2023, and we're going to start with Miss Catherine Houston Andrews. She is the daughter of Ken and Kim Andrews, and uh, she is graduating from G.W. Long High School. 
Her achievements and awards are a varsity cheer captain, ace cheer, FBLA parliamentarian, FFA vice president, and her future plans are to attend ESCC to receive her paramedic license while attending Troy University to pursue a degree in business. Ms. Catherine Andrews. Next, we have Mr. Riddick Blevins. Mr. Riddick Blevins. He is the son of Shane and Jennifer Blevins, and he is graduating from Headland High School. His achievements are AB Honor Roll, second place at the JAG South Korea, South Korea Preparation, and his future plans are to become a flight attendant for Delta Airlines. His favorite Bible verse is 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let all that you do be done with love. Mr. Riddick Dang Blevins. Then we have Miss Hannah Noel Coker. She is the daughter of Norm and May Coker. Uh, she is graduating from Harvest Christian School, and her achievements and awards are a total of 277 volunteer hours, over six years of serving in SALT, which is service and leadership team, and her future plans are to pursue a career in art and poetry. Her favorite Bible verse is Matthew 6:34. Miss Hannah Noel Coker. Then we have Mr. Trenton Clay Holland. Uh, he is the son of Clay and Emily Holland, and he is graduating from Wicksburg High School. His awards are he was the FFA president, graduating with honors, and completed a year of aviation. His future plans are to continue edu education at the Alabama Aviation College and graduate with an AMP. Upon graduating, he hopes to be working at, at M1. And his favorite Bible verse is Matthew 4, verse 4, Mr. Trenton Clay Holland. Then we have Mr. Cody James Holmes. He is the son of David and Ashley Holmes, and he is graduating from Wicksburg High School. His achievements are a full tuition to Wallace Community College, already graduating uh, college with a short, uh, short certificate for welding. His future plans are to finish out his welding cer certification, then go travel on the world, uh, travel around the road on the, and the world and weld on shutdowns. And his favorite Bible verse is Proverbs 13:4: "The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich." Mr. Cody James Holmes. Mr. Brody Lindsay. He is the son of Brian and Julie Lindsay, and he is graduating or graduated from Dothan High School. His achievements and awards are a member of the Honor Court, member of the National Junior Honor Society, varsity baseball team throughout his high school career, uh, baseball team captain, offered a full, four full athletic and academic scholarships. Uh, he's an athlete to Southern Union State uh, Community College, uh, Wallace Community College, Huntington, Huntington College, and Spring Hill College. And his future plans are to attend Southern Union and pitch for the Bison baseball teams. His future plans include studying sports medicine and becoming a physical therapist. His favorite Bible verse is Philippians 4.6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Mr. Brody Lindsay. Next, we have Miss Emma Grace Simmons. She is the daughter of Ernest and Carrie Peterson, and she is graduating from Wicksburg High School. Her awards are Trojan Leadership Scholarship Award, and her future plans are to become a teacher. Her favorite Bible verse is actually a chapter in the Bible. It is Psalms 100. This is Miss Emma Grace Simmons. Next, we have Mr. Michael Cade Smith. He is the son of Renee Smith, and he is graduating from Early County High School. 
His achievements and awards are as follows. He's an honor graduate, Scholars Academy graduate, member of the National Honor Society of High School Scholars, and his future plans are to pursue a career in welding at Wallace Community College. His favorite Bible verse is 1 Corinthians 13 to Mr. Michael Cade Smith. Next, we have Mr. Christopher Eugene Snell. He is the son of Chris and Cordell Snell, and he, he is graduating or graduated from Dothan High School. His future plans is to uh, focus on pursuing a career in music, and his favorite motivational quote, which I love, is born to stand out, live to be different, and love to be me. Mr. Christopher Eugene Snell. <laughs> Mr. Jackson Tyler Strickland. He is the son of Jared and Mandy Strickland, and he's graduating from Rehoboth High School. His achievements and awards are a technical scholarship to Wallace Community College, and he plans to attend Chipola Community College for building construction and welding. His favorite Bible verses are 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. Mr. Jackson Tyler Strickland. <laughs> Mrs. Mary Lisa Ashton Taylor. She is the daughter of Mike and Lisa Taylor, and she's graduating from Enterprise High School. Her awards are as follows. She received first place in personal care at HOSA in the state of Alabama. Her future plans is that she's already accepting a position as a CNA. And her favorite Bible verse is Matthew 7, verse 7. Miss Mary Lisa Taylor. <laughs> then we have Mr. Jonah Thompson. He is the son of Scott and Amy Thompson, and he is graduating from G.W. Long High School. His awards and achievements are National Beta Club, top 10 in his high school class, earned the Spirit of Auburn Founders Scholarship, and a full ride to Troy University. His future plans are to attend Auburn University and pursue a degree in engineering. And my wife said, War Eagle. Uh, <laughs> his favorite Bible verse is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. Mr. Jonah Thompson. And then we have Miss Ella Claire Wood. She is the daughter of Shane and Misty Wood, and she graduated from Dothan High School. Her achievements and awards are as follows. Uh, volleyball team for four years, bowling team for two years, WTVY's Bright Student Athlete of the Week, FCA Female Student Athlete of the Year in 2022, Troy University Scholars Award Scholarship, Troy University Legacy Scholarship, Dothan Pediatrics Scholarship, and an Orthodontist Scholarship. And her future plans are to attend Troy University and pursue a career in pediatric occupational therapy. Her favorite Bible verse is Philippians 4, 6, Miss Ella Claire Wood. Can we celebrate the graduating class of 2023? So proud of them. And at this time, parents and family members, we want to invite you to come and uh, stand with your graduates. If you'll start making your way down now, we're going to pray a special blessing over them. Uh, and our, some of our pastors and our elders will also, as, we, as I begin to pray, they will go down and lay their hands on each student and family and pray a blessing over them. Can y'all give it up for these families today? We would also like to invite any other graduates to come uh, that we may have missed, and we want to include you in this blessing because we have a small gift for you as well, to, uh, an accomplishment, uh, to honor your accomplishment, and uh, it's just a big deal. Look at this, guys. This is family. This is family, and we love this. Awesome. 
Church, I'm going to ask as families are still coming, if you don't mind, if you'll uh, stretch your hands to these families, to these young people, as they get ready to step into a new season of adulthood, these parents remember them taking their first steps at childhood. And we just want to honor them. I know it may be even an emotional moment, but uh, it's a holy moment. Amen. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And if you could as well as a family, could you also pray in agreement for uh, this next season of life to be just as blessed as this current one is? Let's pray together. Father, thank you so, so much for every student here today. Father, for every student that has walked across the stage already that or is getting ready to walk across the stage, I pray that there is gr your grace uh, covers them, that it clothes them, that your presence is around them, that your hand of protection surrounds them as they step on various college campuses all across this nation. I pray that you continue to use them to be mouthpieces for your word, that their life, that their character reflects your nature, your goodness, your glory, because we will give you all the honor, the glory, and praise for it. And I ask that you help them in the academic arena, that you help them, that you give them uh, the wisdom that they need to uh, succeed in life, that they are blessed in every endeavor and let whatever their hands touch be blessed because these are your children first. Before they belong to their parents, they belong to you. Before the parents knew what to name them, you already knew what they were called. They were called loved. They were called chosen. They were called holy, royal, special. And I ask that you continue to walk with them as I ask that and challenge them that they walk faithfully with you. And Father, I pray that you do something special, not just in the graduating class of 2023, but that you do something special in, this, in these families and that you do something special in the generations to come through their leadership, through, through what they do, and we'll give you all the glory for it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said real loud, amen. Amen. Can you give God some praise one more time for these families? Thank y'all so much. You can go ahead and make your way back to your seat, but we're so proud of you. So proud of these students. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, as you can tell, parents are crying. It's felt like graduation all over again. Uh, we're going to play Pomp and Circumstance. I'm just joking. But uh, are y'all ready for the word? I said, are y'all ready for the word? I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand on your feet for the reading of God's word uh, to help with this transition. And uh, y'all, I'm excited. I do, uh, do want to honor my pastors, Mark and Michelle Benson. Can we give it up for our pastors this morning and their leadership and vision of this house? They're not just good people, they're good pastors. And I want to honor uh, a couple before I dive all the way into God's word. I have some friends here uh, from Memphis, Jeremy and Tasha. They are pastoring a church in downtown Memphis. And I don't know if you know this, but pastoring in a city, uh, it, it's hard. Pastoring in general is hard, but pastoring in downtown is hard. And they are pastoring Pioneer Church for six years. They planted it, started in their house. Can y'all give it up for these pastors, these leaders? Love them. I love them so much. So are y'all ready for the word? Yeah. All right. While y'all standing, we're going to jump in Acts chapter one, verse eight. And uh, the title of this message today is power. Somebody say power. I feel like this was a good start before we jump into Pentecost Sunday. Next Sunday, Pastor Mark's going to bring a good word. So if you came here today, this is your first Sunday. You should come back next week because then Pastor Mark will be here and you'll be in for a treat. But Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you what? He will give you what? Then you will tell everyone about me everywhere in the world. One more verse. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. The spirit gives us power, love and self-control. The spirit gives us power, love and self-control. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us, fill us, be with us, in us, empower us, impart power to us. And Father, 
Forgive us of our misconceptions about you. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You can say power as you grab your seat. Just say power, power, power. It's an important word. It's a biblical word. And uh, I think in church culture today, we face one of two extremes when we talk about God, the Holy Spirit. I think some people get excited and other people get nervous. For example, we're good with God the Father. We're okay with God the Father that we have a heavenly Father in earth. We're good with Jesus. We like Jesus. We love Jesus. But when it comes to God the Holy Spirit, we're like, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Because uh, then some of you, I mean, you've even asked this question before. Are y'all one of those churches? Whatever that means. And um, maybe you're thinking here, you're like, oh, no, here we go. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Now I got to fall. I got to run. I got to shout. I got to spin. I got to spit. I got to shake. You just take a deep breath. <laughs> just take a deep breath in real quick. Just breathe in and uh, just let that out because that's not what's going to happen today. That's not that's not what we're, we're leading to. And um you don't have to do any of that because the moment you start talking about the Holy Spirit and as we are discussing him, if we start making the Holy Spirit about us, we miss him. The moment you start talking about the Holy Spirit and making it about you, you miss him. And maybe you're still nervous because one day you were on YouTube and you typed in uh, Holy Spirit in uh, the search engine and then things got weird. You saw, uh, you know, somebody uh, shooting powerballs at people and they were falling. You saw people blowing on people and they were falling. You, you just went into this deep dive and you typed in Pentecost in Google and your, in your search engine and, and then you saw some things that you just can never unsee. And uh, <laughs> what you probably saw, though, was a person experiencing God. And maybe their emotions kicked in and you saw some people start crying or other people started shouting. Some people probably started clapping. Someone started running or singing. Whatever you saw, the one thing we don't want to do is judge someone else's experience. So let me say this. For every spiritual experience, there has to be a biblical explanation. For every spiritual experience, there has to be a biblical explanation. So let me give you some deep, deep theological truth, because this is going to change your life, and this is going to set you free. Are y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? People are weird. <laughs> People are weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. A move of God is not weird. He, he's not weird. Let me explain. Hear me carefully, because when I say people are weird, I want you to know this. Please don't let weird people turn you off from the third person of the Trinity just because you saw something weird. Number one, it doesn't mean it wasn't God. Number two, it doesn't mean it wasn't God. And if you're thinking you're normal in this room, let me just bust the bubble over your head and say this with love. You're not. In fact, I came to prophesy over you, you're strange. <laughs> and to explain that, to prove my point further, I want you to go ahead and make everyone else feel better about themselves. Just say this out loud. Say, I'm weird. Some of y'all are like, thank you. It set me free. But I need you to say it like you believe it. Say, I'm weird. In fact, you still don't believe it. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Come on, say, neighbor. You're a weirdo. You're, you're a weirdo. <laughs> this is important to acknowledge. Let me explain. Why did I make you do that? Because what we believe is weird. What we believe is strange. In fact, I should say it better probably. What we believe is supernatural. What we believe defies logic. What we believe doesn't make sense. We believe in a God who sent his son to be birthed by a virgin. And that child was born sinless, grew to be a man who was fully God, lived a sinless life, died for you knowing that you might not choose him and you have never met him, yet you believe in him. That's weird. That's weird. Walking on water, splitting a sea, walking on dry ground, not even in mud, people being raised from the dead. This is otherworldly. 
Yet we get freaked out by the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has been around since the beginning. You need to go back and read your Bible. I got some Bible for you. Genesis chapter one, verse two, one and two. It says in the beginning, God, somebody say God. Verse two, the spirit of God was hovering. The Holy Spirit's been around since the beginning. And in Luke chapter one, the Holy Spirit is the key part in the foundation of our theology. Let me explain. Luke 135, the angel replied to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the son of God. Just like the Holy Spirit came upon Mary in power, he will come upon us and we will receive the same power. Somebody say power. The Holy Spirit is the one that ministers through me. He's the one that ministers through our pastors. And I'm tired of people blaming their weirdness on my God. It's frustrating to me when I see people who are weird blame God for being weird. And God is not weird. So any fear that you have towards the Holy Spirit, that is not from God. That is from Satan. And honestly, I'm frustrated with the reputation that Satan has given the Holy Spirit because he has caused believers to be intimidated by a God whose function is to help you. They are terrified of the Holy Spirit who only wants to walk with you. Satan has caused the church to be afraid of an expression and aspect of God that we read earlier isn't a spirit of fear, but is the opposite. Because God gives us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is also referenced as the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the counselor. He is the most kind, compassionate, gentle, and sensitive person I know. He is not an intruder or an invader. He is an inviter. He is not rude or harsh, and he is not out to embarrass you. He wants to empower you. And many believers have rejected the power they need to live this life of faith because they have been taught, seen, or believed. What, all those things, what they realize, they have been taught wrong. And what we're going to talk about today is power. Somebody say power. So if you're taking notes, please write this down. Point number one, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is the I am. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is the I am. The Holy Spirit isn't even his name. That's his description. Uh Oh, the Holy Spirit is not his name. That is his description. His name is God. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, his name is is God. John chapter 4 verse 24, you need some Bible. It starts by saying this, God is spirit. And those who worship God must be led by the spirit to worship him according to the truth. The Holy Spirit is God. He is not a lowercase God. He is God all powerful. He is God all the time. In the Old Testament, God said, I am. But in the New Testament, God says, I am the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. I am. He is not an it. He is the I am. And he is not a filling or a force. He is a filler. He wants to fill your life. He is to be known and to be made known. He is to be experienced because he cannot be explained. He is God. Why are we talking about the Holy Spirit? Because if we never talk about him, you will never talk to him. And there is no way I could tell you about the Holy Spirit in a few minutes or in just one message. It will be impossible. Could you imagine if I got up here and I tried to tell you everything that I know about my wife in one message? We'd be here for a long time. And that's not a bad thing because I've been married to this amazing woman going on eight years and I'm still growing in my knowledge and understanding of her in her personality, in her ways every single day. There is no way I could tell you everything about her in the way that I'm getting to know her. And I can't even tell you all about her because I'm still discovering her every day. I wake up to a new discovery of my wife. I am committed. That's some good marital advice that you should wake up every day with the honest pursuit to discover your spouse. And we should do the same thing with our God. Now, I could introduce you to her. 
I could tell you how to contact her, how to communicate with her, how to work with her. I could get you started in a relationship with her, but I'm not going to tell you everything that I know about her. Because some things you have to figure out about people yourself. But I want to tell you there are some things about God that you have to discover yourself. Now, I can introduce you to her, but if you're expecting me to tell you everything about the Holy Spirit, you're going to be sadly disappointed because he is infinite. And if I can tell you everything, if I can't tell you everything about Lindsay, who is finite, how can I tell you everything about a God who is infinite, who is eternal in, in a few moments or less? And just like I have to be committed to a lifelong discovery of my wife, you have to commit to an eternal discovery of God and come to one final conclusion that God can never be fully understood, but we can commit to try. The Holy Spirit is God. And here's a mistake many Christians make. One of the main problems for believers today is that we have no idea who God is and we attempt to study and understand God without first coming to know him intimately and personally. Listen to this stat. Nearly 60% of Americans who regularly attend church, Christian churches, say there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit. They say the Holy Spirit is just a symbol of God's power or presence or purity. Six out of ten American Christians think there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit. That means six out of every ten believers, ten Christians in this room possibly do not believe in the Trinity. That means the majority of believers don't understand who God is, how we're saved, and what the mission is to make this happen. And if we believe the Holy Spirit is some impersonal force or some kind of mystical symbol of God's power and purity, we are in trouble. And we want you to know that the Holy Spirit is not just, he's not some ghost, a wind, a fire, or a dove. He is often symbolized by those things, but he is not minimized to those things. He is God. Somebody say power. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, not third because he is least in value, just third because he is the last to be revealed in Scripture. But all of the power, glory, and authority of God the Father is in the person of the Holy Spirit, which means if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God the Father. That means all the greatness of God himself is found in you. And if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you have power. So please hear me on this. Stop letting other people's experience dictate, define, and determine your theology. Stop letting people's experience dictate whether or not you receive something God has for you. Let the Bible determine your theology. We need to be Christians who don't go on social media for their theology. We are Christians who go to the Bible because it's more important to be biblical than it is to be Pentecostal. Uh-oh, Pastor Will, you're going to have to explain that. We believe and we would describe ourselves as biblically Pentecostal, not culturally Pentecostal. We believe the entirety of the Bible. We believe all the scriptures. We believe all the gospel. We believe that everything that is in the Bible, we need it in our life. In fact, that is a statement and a phrase that has shaped my life. If it's in the Bible, I need it in my life. If there's a promise in God's word, I want it. And here's why this is important, because if you don't believe what the Bible tells you, you will struggle to believe that Jesus loves you. Let me say it this way. If you don't believe the entirety of the Bible, then it is hard to believe wholeheartedly in Jesus. And we believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the very words we read. Second Peter chapter one, verse 20 says, but you need to realize that no one alone can understand any of the prophecies in Scripture. The prophets did not think these things up on their own, but they were guided by the spirit of God. Ephesians 6, 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Second Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is breathed out by God. 
So if it's in the Bible, that means the Holy Spirit inspired it, and that means you need it. Somebody say, I need it. God, breathe the very words we read. In fact, that's what Holy Spirit means in the Bible. It means holy breath. It's this word that means pneuma. It's not a weird word. It's actually where we get some of our words like pneumonia. It's holy breath to inhale and exhale. It's the breath of God. And the same breath that God breathed into Adam and gave him life is the same breath that gives life is the same breath that Jesus breathed onto the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit is the same breath that inspired the scriptures is the same breath that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is the same breath in life that lives in you. Somebody say power. The Holy Spirit is the breath we need to live. So let me tell you just for a moment, let me tell you why you love our church. Let me tell you why you love our pastors. Let me tell you why you love the worship and why you love the preaching. Let me tell you why your students, why your young people, they come here on Wednesday nights and they bring their friends. Let me tell you why your kids drag you out of the bed so they can go to kids first. It's because of the power, the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need that power. Going back to Acts 1 it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Pastor Will, what kind of power? I want you to write this down. Miraculous and supernatural power. It's God's ability to do for you, with you, in you, through you what you cannot do by yourself. I'm going to say it again. It's God's ability to do for you, with you, in you, and through you what you cannot do by yourself. This word power is where we get the word dynamite or dynamic from. This word power literally means miracle working power. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. In order to understand and appreciate the power, we need to realize what happens without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no relationship with Jesus. It says his primary job is to convict the world of sin. One of his primary roles. That means without the power of the Holy Spirit, you have no realization that you need to be saved. There is no Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Our faith becomes dry, monotonous, boring, and mundane without the power of the Holy Spirit. And we wonder why our churches look this way. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, there is no salvations, no healings, no gifts, nor any form of life change. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, there are no gifts of the Spirit and there is no fruit of the Spirit. There is no love, no joy, no peace, no patience, no kindness, no goodness, no faithfulness, no gentleness. There is no self-control, yet we wonder why people walk around living unself-controlled lives. No power. There's no miracles, no prophecy, no tongues, no interpretations, no wisdom, no knowledge, no leadership, no serving, no discernment. There is no revelation without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no Bible. There is no good news. There is no gospel. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no power. Nothing is created and there is no faith. We are here today because of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Scriptures become lethal without the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, the law brings death, but the Spirit brings life. There is no life without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no revival. There's no resurrection power. There's no vision without the Holy Spirit. There is no freedom without the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And just, just in case you're still questioning if the Holy Spirit is God, Second Corinthians 3.17 says, the Lord, God, the Father, and the Spirit are one and the same. And the way that God is everywhere all the time, the way that he's omnipresent is through the spirit. So another way to say this verse to make it more understandable is that wherever God's spirit is Lord, there's freedom. 
Maybe the reason you're walking around bound by things that Jesus already defeated is because you're not having the power of the spirit in your life to walk in that freedom. Because there's areas of your life that you still haven't allowed God to be Lord of. Maybe you're not walking in freedom because of that. He is a person to be known. He is to be loved, worshipped, and encountered, not just a power to be used. It's biblical, and we believe in the power of God. The Holy Spirit helps us to live and empower life. In fact, let me say it this way. We need the power of God in order to fulfill the purposes of God. We need his power. Because hear me, God will never give you a life where he is unnecessary. He won't. God will never give you a life that doesn't need his power or his presence. And you may say, well, you know, brother, I don't think God would ever put anything on me more than I can handle. That's not that's not that's not in the Bible. He purposefully gives you more than you can handle so you won't handle it. So the power of the Holy Spirit can help you handle it. The Bible actually says he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And he will always provide a way of escape or for you to endure it. He goes as far as to give us a book of power and impossibilities that if only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So when you say, I can't do this, I can't do that. God says, I know you can't, but my power is made perfect in your weakness. And his power can do for you what you cannot do for yourself. In other words, God is saying this life is too big for you. This life is too strong for you. It's too big for your ability. It's too big for your talent. It's too big for your gifting. It's too big for you. You're no match for sin. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. But this life isn't too big for God. So please hear me. It's okay to be weak as long as you tap into someone more powerful. We need the Holy Spirit. And God, let me just encourage you. God wants to give you a life that's bigger than you. He wants to give you a life bigger than you. He wants you to dream that are, he wants you to dream dreams that are too big for you, to pray prayers that are too big, to give you a vision for your life that's too big. So when it happens, you won't say it was you. You will say it was God in you. So that every day you have to wake up and fall on your knees or fall in your face and say, God, I need your wonder working power in my life. Holy Spirit, I can't do this by myself. Come on, somebody say power. We live in a culture that is obsessed with this idea of power, yet we have no idea what, where, or who real power is. God is so powerful that he doesn't just have power. He doesn't need power. He is power. Psalm 62, 11, power belongs to God. Psalm 147, 5, how great is our Lord. His power is absolute. He is almighty, all powerful. He's all might. He's all strength. Power and might are in his hand. His name is power. For him to cease to have power, he would cease to be God. Power. By the power of his word, he spoke the world. We are sitting in what he spoke. That also tells me, and I want to encourage you, that real power doesn't have to yell. That he is as close as the whisper of his name. He's as close as the mention of his name. That means if he whispered, you're blessed, you have no choice but to be blessed. Power. He doesn't even have to, he doesn't even have to speak. And if he, he doesn't even have to move his hands. And if he moves his lips, your life can change. Power. And we need this power because no matter how biblically centered we are, if there is no power of the spirit in my life, and if there is no power of the spirit in your life, this just becomes information forgotten and not transformation for your life. We used to believe for transformation, but now we settle for entertainment. Instead of paying the price for that which is supernatural, we compromise for that which is simple. We'd rather be liked, but God didn't design you to be popular. He designed you to be powerful. 
The church is not merely a classroom for instruction, nor a theater for entertainment. It is the transformational environment for the spirit of God to empower the people of God for the purposes of God. Spiritual power is the privilege and it's available to every single believer. You are not powerless. You are powerful, full of power, full of the Holy Spirit. And we need a generation. We need a people who are to recognize that they are filled with power. Because the enemy, as he often does, will always try to pervert what is powerful. That's what he's been doing. The promise of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, many people won't seek the promise of the Holy Spirit and are choosing to live a life without power. There are too many believers living beneath the life that God has for you. Settling for salvation and settling for struggling. What I want to tell you today, and I've said it before, salvation is the lowest level of blessing on this life. Because if all you needed was salvation to get to heaven, then we should just die the moment we believe in Jesus. But he wants you to have power. He wants you to live a powerful life on this earth. Somebody say power. God knew that in order for us to live this life, we needed more than principles. We needed power. That we needed more than salvation. We needed the spirit. You need, you need power to love your enemies. Nobody wants to say amen. I'm like, man, well, yeah, I need power. You need power to love those who hurt you. You need power to love your spouse. You need power to love your children. You need power to go to Walmart. You need power. We cannot marginalize the power of the spirit. We cannot merely reference the power of the spirit. You are not here simply to receive gifts. You are here to receive power. You are here to seek a relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive power. The same power that equipped the disciples to spread the gospel is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it is the same power that is a work within every believer when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That same power that Jesus exercised through his ministry is the same power he promised and imparted for us for ministry. We need power. How is it that this incredible, indescribable power is alive and active inside of us? By its nature, this unfathomable power would seem too massive to treasure or be contained in what we call jars of clay. Yet that was part of his divine design. With this power to prove that this all-surpassing omnipotence is from him and not from us. I want you to write this down. We are spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-empowered. We are spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-empowered. What, is, what, what, what does this power do? Why do I want this power? Power for what? Why do why you keep talking about power? Let me, let me tell you why you need this power. It's power over sin. It's power to be a witness for Jesus. Power to live for God. Power to obey God. Power over temptation, the devil and his schemes. Power over addiction. Power over depression. Power over secrets. Power over fear. Power over everything that Jesus has already defeated. You need power. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power. Paul said it this way. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit's power. I wish I, I say it often, but I just I have to say it again. I wish you could have known me before Jesus, because if you did, you would see the power of our God. I, I wish you knew me. And I just had this revelation the other day, Pastor Michelle, that uh, I was talking to a friend. I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit just saved me from me. I realized the Holy Spirit saved me from you because y'all, it would have been, been bad for, if you knew me before Jesus. It would have been real disrespect. When the Holy Spirit helps me to live a self-controlled life. I live a life of power. 
We are spirit-filled, spirit-led, and spirit-empowered. Thirdly, walking in the power of the Holy Spirit is simply walking in step with him. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit is simply walking in step with him. Galatians 5, 16, walk by, walk by the Spirit or walk in the Spirit. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit is living supernaturally natural lives. When I walk around our city, when I go to other areas, I'm always listening to the Holy Spirit to speak something to me that I might speak something to somebody else. Not so that I, they can see me and, and, and worship me or give me accolades so that I can tell them about the life-changing power that changed my life. Got to live a life of power. The supernatural should be normal to believers. It should be natural to believers. God, God talking to us isn't unusual. It's normal. I know I started off by saying weird. It's only weird to people who don't understand what we believe. Praying prayers of faith and believing people will be healed and seeing it, that's normal. Seeing our family and our friends transformed by the same power that changed us. Might I add that, the, that most of the powerful encounters in my life and in the Bible happened outside of the walls of the church. What would happen if we walked out today with real power? Supernatural, powerful things happen as Jesus and his disciples went about their everyday lives, walking with everyday people in everyday situations because they walked in the spirit. Walking in the power of the Holy Spirit means walking in step with him. But as I'm getting ready to close, we have a tendency to act weak, helpless, and defenseless. Defenseless. And we blame Satan for things that he isn't even responsible for. Maybe the thing you're struggling with isn't demons, maybe it's decisions. Maybe it's not Satan that's in your life. Maybe it's cycles in your life and you need the power and strength of the Holy Spirit who will make you bold. Just being honest, you can't do this life without the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus to get to heaven, but we need the Holy Spirit to live on the earth. You need him. Salvation will get you to heaven, but the Holy Spirit will get heaven to earth. You need power. And this is how I close. I actually preach this message to our students because we're trying to teach them about the importance of the Holy Spirit and this power that they need. But I ask them this question and I ask you the same question. Aren't you tired of this roller coaster of religion and life? Aren't you just tired of the up and down, the, you know, it spins you around? Aren't you just tired of this roller coaster called life? Where one day you love God and then one day you don't even know if there is a God. Where you just, you're struggling with this tension and then you love God again and then you sin again and then you really repent. And then and it's just over and over this roller coaster called life. Aren't you tired of this? Can I tell you that roller coasters are fun for a minute but they're terrible for a life. Don't, don't you want to be done with this ride? Aren't you tired of self-power, willpower, self-determination and ambition, grinding and hustling, this culture that tells you you got to get it? Aren't you tired of this? This, the self-help books, the, you know, you can, you can live the life you're called to live and you watch, you know, Gary Vee and all these guys and they, they tell you, man, you can do it on you. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. What does that even mean? It's not realistic. It's not true. Aren't you tired of self-power? This idea, I think I can, I think I can, I think I, the little engine that could. We just have this toxic idea that we can, we can do this ourselves. You can't grind your teeth through life. In fact, if you grind your teeth through life, you're going to end up missing teeth. Like, it's just, it's just hard. 
It's, it's really, it's really, really hard. Life is hard. And I know for some of you, you're like, man, you're young, dude. You just, you're just in your 30s. You're like, you're a step into your 30s. You don't know how life hard is. I know how hard life is because I know some of your stories. And just because I don't carry what you carry or I've walked through what you've walked through, that doesn't mean I haven't walked through some things too. And we need to encourage and tell this generation that life is hard and they need power. You're not powerful enough for this life. You cannot live this life without the power of the Holy Spirit. Number four, we can't live a godly life without the power of God, the Holy Spirit. We cannot live a godly life without the power of God, the Holy Spirit. I've never preached a message without the Holy Spirit. Never. Since I've been saved, I haven't lived a day in my life without the Holy Spirit. Now, I've lived some days in my life without listening to the Holy Spirit, but I've lived with him every day. Let's, we'll talk about it next Sunday in Acts chapter 2. I know Pastor Mark will talk about it. But if you could, today, I challenge you, go home and read Acts chapter 2. Look at the transformation of Peter. Peter was a disciple. He walked with Jesus, listened to Jesus, followed Jesus, saw miracles of Jesus, saw miracle signs and wonders. And 50 days before he received the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter was timid, scared, and he was afraid to tell a little girl that he was a follower of Jesus. To 50 days later, preaching Jesus. He went from denying Jesus to ready to die for Jesus. That's power. In a month and a half, he, he literally went from, he couldn't tell a group of people that he followed Jesus that he told thousands about Jesus and it led to 3,000 being saved. I wanna walk with that kind of power. I was talking to a pastor the other day. I walk around my city. I'm, pastor Michelle, this is no disrespect to you and Pastor Mark, but I walk around my city and I say stuff like this. This is my city. I'm a pastor in my city. I walk around Walmart. I act like I own Walmart, y'all. <laughs> I took Jeremy into uh, Mural City yesterday and there was a sign that says, please excuse our progress. And I, well, I own Mural City, excuse me. And then the dude, he, I, could I could tell he was just, it was low-key disrespectful, I admit. But <laughs> he, he didn't know how to respond, and I was just like, man, power. You know, just, I got a little attitude with him, too. Forgive me, y'all. But, you know, I just, power. I read, I read the Bible, and it says promises like everywhere they set their foot, God promised to give them that territory. Power. I walk on Northside's campus every single week. This is my school. This is power. This is God's territory. I'm called to help change this generation, to help change this city. I want you to walk out and live in power. Come on, somebody say power. This power does this, to tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. To tell everybody about somebody that can save anybody. Lastly, the power of the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. He makes me the best version of me. The Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. He makes me the best version of me. He, he just makes me a better me. And we compare people all the time. We live in this comparison culture. Who's the greatest? Who's the most popular? Who's the most famous? Comparison, who has the most money? He doesn't make you better than anybody else. He makes you the best version of you. And we need this. And listen to me. The Holy Spirit won't make you cocky, kooky, or weird. He won't do that. He will make you confident. He won't make you better than anyone else. He'll make you a better version of yourself. He'll make you the best version of yourself. He will make you like Jesus. He'll help you pray. He'll help you worship. He'll help you witness. Listen, when you don't understand the Bible, he will help you understand the Bible. His job is to lead you into all truth. He will help you understand the scriptures that you read if you listen to his voice. 
The Holy Spirit is our helper, and all he's trying to do is help you become who you're called to be. The whole goal of the Holy Spirit is to bring you closer to Jesus, to become more like Jesus. I want to invite everybody, if you don't mind, if you'll stand on your feet. The Holy Spirit, he's so good. He's so, he's so good. And I'm going to ask, if you don't mind in this moment, I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. Because I said it earlier, but we need to know that the Holy Spirit's one of one, the Holy Spirit, part of his primary role is to convict, to convince us of our need for Jesus. So maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Will, before I before I get a relationship with the Holy Spirit, I first I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to accept this free gift of grace that he gave me. I, I need to develop a relationship with him. And you might be asking, well, what now? What's next? What do I do? Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I want to give you an opportunity to become in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Romans 8, 14, if you want to go back and read it. So if you're in this room, and you know you want the Holy Spirit in your life. But first you need to acknowledge the gift of Jesus. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is leading you. He's convicting you of your need from him. And if you're here and you want Jesus in your life, heads bowed, eyes closed, and you want a relationship with Jesus, I want you to slide your hand up. Everybody across this room, if that's you. If you need a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? I see two, three, four. Anybody else? That's awesome. Five. You can put your hands down. I, let's just be real. I know for some of us that took courage. That takes faith. But I know there's some of you, your hand is being raised in your heart. You're still worried about who's looking around. I just want you to know that the eyes of your father are on you. He's watching you right now in this moment. You know, you know who you are. So what we're going to do is we're going to say this prayer together. And when we say amen, we're going to clap because when one sinner repents and gives their life to Jesus, it says the angels in heaven rejoice. And that's an amazing moment. But we're going to give you an opportunity to respond in faith, to ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. So we're going to clap and cheer. But I'm asking that we do this first, that we pray this prayer together. And I want you to say it out loud. Say this. Say, Father, forgive me. I confess of my sins. I acknowledge I need you. Make me new today. God, I trust you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me. Now I choose you. I make you Lord of my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. Now fill me with your love. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can we give God some praise for the people that gave their life to Jesus? Come on, we can do better than that. He's so good. He's so good. As we give God praise and after salvation, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't end with just one infilling. Be filled with the Holy Spirit means being filled and filled again. Go read Ephesians 5.18. It says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means don't be filled once. Because we're going to go eat lunch today, unless you're fasting because you're spiritual, which is great. But <laughs> we're going to go eat lunch today, and I wish we could eat one time and never be hungry again. But you're going to need to be filled again. So the same with food. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. we got to be filled and filled again. Now you are a temple, the home, the house of the Holy Spirit. And the experience of the Holy Spirit is on the other side of your surrender. 
the experience of the Holy Spirit is on the other side of your surrender. So I'm going to ask, as I get ready to pray this prayer, the worship team is going to lead us in a song. I just want you to put your hands out like you're about to receive however you feel comfortable. I know some of you, it feels uncomfortable the first time you raise your hand, so you like put it in your jacket. You know, you like, you just do a finger, like, and you do a pinky, you know, <laughs> it's uncomfortable. But I'm asking you to, to do this, to receive something. I'm going to pray a simple prayer that Holy Spirit, you would fill us. And as the worship team begins to lead us in this song, I don't want you to seek a gift. I want you to seek the giver of gifts. Because the Holy Spirit always comes with more. He is the only gift that always comes with more gifts. And he may give you something today, and that's great. We'll pastor you through it. Come meet us. Come meet some of our leadership team after. We want to talk about it. But right now, in preparation for Pentecost Sunday, we're just leading the way for what the Holy Spirit is going to do next week. Amen? So I'm going to pray this prayer, and the worship team is going to lead us. Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, fill us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's worship together. moments like this that we get to share together and um, if you made a decision today I want to encourage you to take your next step and that's texting D1Walk to 84576 we just want to help you we want to give you a free booklet that's going to help you in the salvation journey for the five six of you maybe even more but this is this will really help because you may think oh, I don't want to I don't want anybody to see me texting right now it's okay D1Walk 84576 it's okay but then the other thing we want to challenge you with is maybe you made that decision. You already call this place home. We want you to take your next steps and go through Grow Track. We want you to tell it, tell us your story. We want you to take your next steps in faithful obedience and scriptural obedience and baptism. We want to celebrate this journey that God is taking you in. So you can see that right now. You can scan the QR code. And the last thing, again, as they have that up, is if you're a first-time guest and you forgot to fill out the Connect card, you can scan that QR code right now and text D1TEXT to 84576. And hold on to that card if you did it digitally. In our guest reception, as I get ready to dismiss our leaders, actually, they're going to go ahead and leave now. Again, we would love for you to meet some of our elders and our leadership team. We want to shake your hand and give you a gift. But please show them that card so that we can just we can follow up with you. We would love to do that. But I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you and ask that you get a chance to walk out and live in this power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. May the Lord write his name on your heart and declare you are his child and that nothing can separate you from his love. I bless you today to be a blessing that you may love God and love people the way that he loves us. 
May he bless you today, this week, and the days to come with good gifts. May you leave today and walk in power. And I bless you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You guys are dismissed.